Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode four of Open Discourse. Uh, I'm Nicholas Coppage, as you know. I have Dylan Meyer here with me and another guest host for you guys. Um, we were excited to receive our first email from one of you viewers, so we'd like to bring that up in one of the questions they asked and answer that for them. So they were actually uh, referencing episode one when we talked about dating in 2018. And uh, their question was, what are the best dating techniques out there for single parents? I'm 35 and single, mainly because I have two kids and not a lot of time to date. What would you recommend? So Dylan, you and I were kind of talking about it before the podcast, and uh, I was I was thinking that um, he mentioned having having kids and you know being 35, so he's probably going to like sporting events for the kids, after school activities, stuff like that. And I would say just use all of those moments as opportunities to potentially meet someone. So, I mean, if you can avoid it, don't go in sweats and unshowered, you know, like look nice when you go, look look put together, smell nice, and then just look at all these these moments as opportunities to potentially meet someone because that's where you'll probably find someone who also has kids and maybe has a similar interests that you do. Would you agree or... Definitely. I agree. I think that a lot of people now want to go the route of online dating or using apps to meet somebody. And it's a little intimidating to meet somebody, you know, just whenever you're out and about. But it's it's really, really important to just represent the best version of yourself whenever you're out there and you're single and you're, you're looking for somebody to date. Right. I mean, I feel like that's kind of how it happens for most people anyway. So don't don't set yourself like outside of that just because you're 35 and have kids like it still can happen for you. Exactly. In that way. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we appreciate the, the responses, and if you would like to email us, you can do so at open.discourseod at gmail.com, and we will uh, gladly answer any questions you have or go into further discussion. Um, just to kick off the topic for this episode, though, um, we want to look at the poll that we posted, and uh, due to Halloween and some scheduling conflicts, we are recording this episode a little early in the week, so uh, the poll results might change um, but we, what we kind of find interesting is that the poll question was, what do you think is of more political importance right now? And the options were healthcare and environmental concerns. Uh, right now, only nine people have voted, but a hundred percent of the voters said healthcare. Are you surprised by that at all? Or I would say I'm not, I'm, I'm surprised that it's a hundred percent, but I'm not surprised that they favored, uh, healthcare over the environmental effects. And I think it's because... A lot of people nowadays, especially in our age group, are about to be on their own insurance for the first time, or maybe they just started paying for insurance, and insurance is so ridiculously expensive, mm-hmm. and healthcare in general is ridiculous. You know, it's out of hand, so I'm not surprised that that's the topic people feel the most strongly about. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you, Johnny? And I know we haven't introduced you yet, but do, what, are your, what are your thoughts? I personally agree with Dylan and the fact that not only is it because our age group is starting to be on their own health care, but our country as a whole, since we don't have, like most other countries, universal health care, which for them, health care isn't a concern. Right. So for us, we have to be concerned about that rather than it, environmental stuff it, that doesn't affect us day to day. Right. It's something that we're worried about that's happening right now. And environmental stuff is kind of something that's more a problem down the road is what you're saying. So it's a more immediate problem. Yes. Yeah. Kind of. Right. I got you. <laughs> All right. So let, let's go ahead and Dylan and introduce our guest. Okay. So our the guest this week is 
John Meyer. Um, I'll kind of let him introduce himself further here in a little bit, but um, his relation to me is he's my cousin, and uh, we grew up together. Uh, we're only one year apart, and we're kind of we're really really close. We're more brothers than we are cousins. So I'll let him kind of introduce himself now. Hi guys, my name is like Dylan said, John Meyer. I'm pretty much cousin brothers with him. Uh, I'm 24. My religious views, I'm a Christian, don't have really one denomination, and I'm kind of unique. I never really have. My mom grew up Catholic, but she didn't really pass that down to me. Uh, Education-wise, I graduated high school and did some college, but I started a family and realized what I was going to college for wasn't really what I wanted to do anymore, so I moved up in my personal career field rather than continuing post-secondary education. Gotcha. And then just like maybe just briefly, uh, your political views, we're kind of going to expand on that, but just, you know, your rough outline of how you would classify yourself. Uh, I would classify myself as not classifying myself. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. So you don't, you don't put your political belief within a box at all. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Nice. So you mentioned that you don't really fit in a specific political box. I think that it's more and more common now that people don't even identify as being strictly Democrat or Republican. They kind of see themselves as an independent or they don't even call it an independent. So do you guys think that that's something that's trending more with our, now, our age group right now or with our nation as a whole? I personally feel like it's our nation as a whole because the main two parties that we do have are continuing to get more and more to the left side and the right side rather than how it kind of used to be that I remember at least as a kid where they were basically the same but there was just a few key differences. Right. Now if you're one, you pretty much hate the other. Yeah. And vice versa. Definitely. There's a lot of there's a lot of like our team versus their team now. Yes. So instead of it being something where you know, it's let's get together on this issue and let's hash this out and I'll give you a little ground, you give me a little ground, and we'll solve this problem. And now it's just there's such a divide that mm-hmm. people don't even want to be associated with either team. I think the language has kind of changed too. Like, I, I remember growing up as a kid, it was like Republican-Democrat, and now I feel like I hear the words liberal and conservative more. Mm-hmm. And it's like, instead of two parties, we almost want to see ourselves on that scale of liberal or conservatism. Right. And I don't know. I, I feel like people kind of pick and choose... I know I do, because I, 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 I still wouldn't associate with just one word, liberal or conservative, but yeah. I think as Johnny was saying, like people as a whole are getting away from the political parties, but it's, I think it's happening at a quicker rate for people who are younger. I think we're just tired <clears throat> of seeing the same old thing happen over and over and over again, and corruption be, within, be in politics, and we're just kind of tired of that, so we want to see radical change. And we want to see that through different political parties. Right. I don't know how you guys would feel about it, but the way it used to be, whoever didn't win the election would then become the vice president. Do you think that would be something we should implement again to maybe kind of keep things balanced? I see how it would be a positive in the way that it's two contrasting views and they're so close to each other and and in the political positions. But at the same time, maybe... If you have a Republican and a Democrat, uh, one be vice president, one be president, 
maybe they wouldn't work as well together. So I don't know if that would kind of hinder them, mm. hinder them, or if it would be a good thing. I don't so you're saying it. in this past election, if it was that way today, like Trump became president and Hillary mm. Clinton would have been vice president. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh uh, wait a minute. Can we just okay? So if Trump would have been president <laughs> and Hillary would have been vice president, I feel like that would not have been good. I feel uh, like that would make for a good TV show. But... <laughs> like that would be um, not okay. Like. You don't think so? No. Yeah, I don't know. You were saying it would probably be more of a hindrance. Uh, I could kind of. I'd, I'd be interesting to it'd be interesting to know or see, and maybe people do know uh, what caused that to change. Was that the reason why they thought that there was too much of a hindrance and they needed to be two people similar views working together? I think so. Yeah. I I don't yeah. know the reasoning for sure. Um, do you it, know it when could, that changed, or like when? Like I'm trying to think of whenever that was. It was like the, around the fifties. Okay. And then it okay. So shortly after that, it changed. But to build on what you said, it might be a hindrance, but it could also prevent if one party controls like currently the um, judicial, the executive, executive, and the whatever that last one's called, legislative legislative branch. They can't just wipe through and pass everything they want to. Right. So you're saying it would help our system of checks and balances? Yes, it would, it would which put a, we currently kind of don't have. Right, I understand what you're saying. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. That's definitely a good point. So the reason that we have a system of checks and balances in the first place is to keep our president essentially in check, or make sure that one uh, part of the system doesn't have more power than the other. Do you think that we should even have a single president? Or do you think that we should have maybe a group of people instead of just a president for the executive branch? Well, I I guess one is fine. I don't know of any current good examples besides maybe Great Britain having a parliament and a... Prime minister. Prime... Well... Prime Minister's leader of the Parliament. Right. It's the uh, monarch. Parla- oh, yeah, okay. Parliament okay. and a monarch. Um, although I don't know if the monarch actually does anything political or if she's just kind of the queen. <laughs> right. The the reason I say that though is because it. Some people think that it's crazy that our president should be good at you know political matters, um, foreign affairs, domestic policy. All these different fields. I mean, they do have their cabinet to help them, but at the same time, why do we have to have one person in particular to have knowledge of all of these different areas whenever we could um, pass that power on to other people? Do you guys have any thoughts on that? I wasn't... I mean, ancient Rome, was that... That's called an oligarchy, right? Whenever you have multiple... And I think that's how ancient Rome was for a while. Before Mm -hmm. there was the sole emperor, there was like... Six or twelve dudes. Right. And I mean, ancient Rome was a very successful. I think it stopped whenever they got attacked, and they had to. They gave all their emergency powers to Julius Caesar, and then he kept them, uh, just like in Star Wars. So everything. So everything <laughs> was. Like so everything. So you're saying everything was going really, really well, and then yeah, they for a came very long time. Un- they, so they came under attack, and then they're like, "Oh, we got to have one person to make all these really hard decisions." And then once he got the power, he's like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, not giving that back." Right, because there's no one to force him. Yeah, I think um, maybe back then they might not have had so many things under them, like the cabinet and then the different branches like we have. 
I think an oligarchy could be a potentially successful thing, but I almost wonder if maybe strengthening some of this, the things that we have now, like Congress, uh, the cabinet, and kind of diversifying you know, their roles and mm-hmm. powers would be just as effective. I think that would be kind of, not that radical change isn't good sometimes, but I think that in the near future, that'd be too radical of a change for where our government is today. I yeah. think there, we have too many problems in what's existing that we couldn't even make that. So you're saying change. fix the current system that we have instead right. of just trying to adopt something completely different. I think that that is the better the better choice for the state of affairs right now, yeah. So when it comes to a president in general, what are the qualities that you would look for in a president that you want to lead our country or that you would like? Experience. Okay, so po- so political experience. Political experience would be a benefit. Yeah. Um, Anything else? Like certain views that you would want your president to have? Well, that's my personal views. That's where the, the parties come in is you have one party with a certain kind of view and then another party with another kind of view. And that kind of leads back to the argument of should we have parties um, and then... Like, I know George Washington, whenever he first became president, said the two-party system would be the death of our country, which I kind of agree with, but also kind of don't, because at this point in time, if we have a person who's trying to run as an independent or something else, they don't ever win. The last person to win that was an independent, I think, was Teddy Roosevelt way back in the day right so long I find it interesting that you say that because I feel the same way and my religious views I think I incorporate that into all of my life and I I found it very interesting when I was reading the Bible and it specifically says a house divided against itself will fall exactly and I mean that's literally what we have in government is a house you know that's what it's called the the two party system literally 50-50 divided against itself polar opposite views so do you think there should be more political parties or no political parties at all I think there should be no political parties at all and it's kind of like what we've been saying with uh, the multiple topics here of uh, kids not kids (laughs) people our age I think vastly are not conforming to one particular you know um like Democrat, Republican, or Christian, or like whatever, because of the connotations that come with that, and so many people can't work around that or get past what they what they think of in their mind when they hear that. Mm-hmm. So, like, if if we have a Republican president, then immediately, I think that there's this expectation for them to have certain views that are in line with what the party's always viewed, mm-hmm. which you I I think both sides whether you call yourself Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal, the best way to look at it is to pull the best from both and make a way that works. And I feel like you can't do that whenever you call yourself a Republican and you're not going to vote in a Democratic way, if that makes sense. That mm-hmm. makes sense. So, yeah, I would say if we could ever get to a point to where uh, we stopped categorizing everything and just simply like got to work and, like, what's the best for the country right now? and it is weird that if you're on team conservative, you have to believe all the things right. that they believe. You can't just pick the few things that you like. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why people our age now are just, I don't, I don't adhere to a political party because I think I pull things from the left and I pull things from the right and I kind of mix everything together and that's my political view. And I think we might be getting to that point then in history even where we might see the shift in America of abolishing that or not thinking in that way. But Dylan, I know one of the things you wanted to talk about is uh, 
people our age voting or not voting. So let's, do you the, think that might be part of the reason is that all these people feel this way, but maybe they're not at the polls voting. So this change isn't happening. It's, I think it's a multi-part issue where people who are younger don't want to go out and vote. I think that that's part of it where they just kind of feel like it doesn't even matter or they just don't want to do it. They're too lazy or they're too busy with other things going on in their life to go register to vote and then go actually vote. And then I also think that it's, they don't think they can make a change. Things have been the same, you know, it's up and down, but relatively, we can't change the political party, so people feel like, why should I even vote? I don't know, how do you, how do you feel, Johnny? Well, part of that is, I think, partially because of the way the Electoral College is set up, where even if someone has the popular vote, they don't necessarily win the electoral votes and then they don't win that position whether it be the presidency or something else so would you just have it be a vote as a vote yeah straight right populist popular vote. vote yeah that's a good idea I don't think the electoral college is necessary anymore mm-hmm. with uh, technology the way it is the right. the reasoning behind it was because way back when you had just your little town vote mm-hmm. in the, the city hall and then you have somebody come get your Mm-hmm. Exactly. Your, your electoral votes, and then they just bring that information instead of everybody's information and back to the capital. So that that kind of brings up a that kind of brings up a really interesting point about: Do you think that we'll eventually get to the point where people can vote online or at home and just send their vote straight to a computer system, and then it tallies up all the votes? Is that something that's possible? Would you guys want that to be something that happens down the road? I don't think it's possible, and mainly because of a point that Nick had, that it's just going to be way too easy to... To scam. Hack, hack it, scan it. Yeah, I mean, people already don't trust the process now, you know, like, what did Russia hack? You know, the past past election was such a big topic, and I think, I mean, you would, you would risk people who aren't supposed to be voting somehow figuring out a way to vote. I mean, mm-hmm. you get these 12-year-olds who are the most current with technology anyways finding out how to vote or something crazy like that. So I, I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily be opposed. I think the ease would I think would have benefits. You would get more people voting if all they have to do is pull up their smartphone or iPad or whatever <coughs> and vote, but I don't think it's feasibly security possible, at least for a while. For right now? Yeah, for it right now. It just was not possible. Gotcha. What do you guys think about having it be mandatory to vote? Okay, so my immediate thought is, what's the punishment for not voting? That's the thing my brain jumps to. Probably just like a fine. But, I mean, a fine's really just legal for rich people, so... Yeah, I don't know how I feel about having it be mandatory. I think it should be... It should be a privilege and not something that's mandatory. Well, I, I mean, it, it would still be a privilege, like, if you're a felon... You couldn't vote. Maybe not still be able to vote, but if it was mandatory, make it accessible. So take the polling station to an old folks home so they can all vote. Mm-hmm. Take it to a college so people can just do it while they're walking to their next class. What about if you made there be an incentive for voting? Like maybe you get so much off your federal taxes if you vote or your state tax if you vote at the happening. state level. So let's say you, you have proof that you voted and at the end of the year when you're filing your taxes you get a small rebate from the government or they take less of your money. It's just like you're saving a little bit of money by voting. Do you think that would be something that potentially make people vote? Hmm. 
If it's incentivized, Nick, people will for sure do it. <laughs> yeah. I, I almost think if it, the incentive would need to come up front, I think, to wait for that. Because I mean, it couldn't be too terrible. Like, if it was, like, off your taxes or something, I don't think it could be too terribly much if it was to everyone who voted. Right. And I think that that would make it too small an incentive and too far away of an incentive. Okay. Everyone's about that immediate gratification. Um, let me just ask. I'll be honest. I, I mean, I'm over 18. I could vote. I have never voted, and I'm not even sure if I'm registered to vote. I like, kind of went about the process this past election, but I think I did it way too late. And then I moved apartments, so like my mailing address is wrong. And I haven't done anything to like correct that. I have not voted, and it was kind of something I was dodging for a while, and I, I haven't really pinpointed why. But what about you guys? Do you? I, the year I turned 18, we had a vote, and I did go out and vote. I did not vote in the last election because I knew Missouri was going to vote red, so I didn't bother. I have never voted before. Um, the only one that voted. You're the only one that voted, wow. man, out of the whole group. Yeah. So, Dylan, do you, do you I, know I, the reason why? Yeah, didn't? I would say mainly because if there was a presidential election where I felt strongly enough about one presidential candidate and I go, I want this guy to be my president, I would vote for him. Mm-hmm. I would go out of my way to go place a vote and then as far as like local stuff i don't know enough information about who's running Mm -hmm. and then also whenever it comes to like our state vote usually it goes republican anyway but i think i definitely do want to start voting though so do you think it just the information needs to be more accessible the information of what you're voting for like for local elections I, i think it just needs to be more cut and dry and more clear because basically where people get their main information is from tv ads and all that is is slandering right. the other yeah, opponents. So all you hear is bad information about both people. And I think a lot of people just vote, who, well, this guy was worse than this one, so mm-hmm. I'm going to vote for the other guy. Mm-hmm. I think part of that is with the people our age not voting, I think part of that is people our age don't want to go out and do the research the to figure out That's true. what you believe about this person and what you believe about that person. Besides yeah. just seeing what you see on TV. I would agree, Johnny. I think it needs to be more accessible. And like you said, Dylan, what, what, whatever comes needs to be cut and dry, however it's presented. I think it needs to be presented from an unbiased place. Just mm-hmm. cut and dry. What are the issues and what are the, like, what are the potential ways you could vote it Like with the uh, local elections? Like I know for me, with the, the past right to work, um, uh, my, the, what I got from you know, the town was all these signs to say vote no. Like I didn't really see a lot of positive like out in the public like vote yes, right to work. Yeah. And I tried to do some research but what I found is if I, you know, clicked the link that was for it and then clicked the link that was like against it when I like kinda Googled it, I was like curious, like what's what are the differences? Mm-hmm. It was presented in such a biased way that like the sites that talk about it and want you to vote for it only talked about like uh, like worded it in ways that like, well yeah, but like then if like I should vote that, but then if I would read you know, the other side's um, internet, website, whatever, then it was worded the exact same way where they only talk positives and they might even be misconstrued to where I, I could, like, find myself being like, well, yeah, I agree with that, So too. you couldn't find any non-biased opinions. Right, and I had, so, like, I, I mean, I didn't vote on that particular issue either because I didn't... I you didn't, were just unsure. Yeah, I was unsure, didn't know, and again, <laughs> for whatever reason, I always said I was dodging the draft, <laughs> but I, just, I have not registered. Right. I think I kind of started the process, but that is also something that might need to be easier for people to do is just register I know whenever you go and get your license renewed they ask you if you want to be registered to vote Mm. but I mean I don't have mine need to be renewed until like 2022 or something like that right 
Um, you can, actually. The last time I registered to vote was right before our last presidential election. There was something on Facebook that took you to a government-hosted website, and it was kind of a fast register, and it kind of streamlined the whole process for you. And I think that's, that's what I started. I, did. I started yeah. some kind of online link. That's cool. So, <laughs> let's talk about Trump. Trump. Thoughts. <laughs> what, do you, what do you guys think? <laughs> so I guess let, let's just let's just bring it back a little bit. Okay. okay. So the reason why I finally went to, to to register to vote after dodging the draft for all these years was I was terrified of uh, Hillary Clinton America. Oh. Okay. So I was gonna vote for Trump, and I think that people, Whoa. yeah, I, know, I think that people, you know, probably gonna judge me for that. But honestly, I I was disappointed, and I'm still disappointed with the presidential candidates of the last election. It's not that Trump was, like, my guy. I just knew I... For me, it was, like, picking the last of the two evils. I know a lot of people say that. Yeah, I was scared of... I was... Watch why I thought that they were both stupid. I honestly felt like Hillary Clinton would have been more effective in her... The changes she was wanting to make, and I knew I didn't want America to go there. Mm -hmm. So I was like, four years of an orange goofball is better (laughs) than, like, four years of... The evil dictator, like, you know. With what's all been happening, do you still think that? Uh, yeah, I mean, what, what would you say has all been happening? Because I personally haven't really felt like there's been anything too crazy. Well, <laughs> there's the whole... Trying to come up with some big ones here. The Kavanaugh thing was a big issue. Um, I know for me personally, because I'm a huge environmental person, the Paris Agreement was a big one. Mm-hmm. Um... The whole Russia, everything was a huge mess. Right. And then there's several other little things that I see here and there. But I mean, yeah, I don't know. I still feel like he was. I mean, like obviously, like I said, not a fan, and don't really approve of anything he's doing or been doing. I just feel like Hillary Clinton was more dangerous. I think she would have had more. Hillary Clinton reminds me of the evil lady from Harry Potter. Which which one am I thinking of? Like the evil professor. Yes, like the the headmaster that takes over the school. The one that's just like an evil mean lady. I'm just like I just can't I can't follow it. It's it's really like Voldemort and Professor Umbridge. They're both evil. Exactly. But once I looked at it and I was like, for real. I like I I went to bed the night of the election. I was like, I'm not gonna stay up to see who gets elected. I'm like, in the morning, our president's either gonna be Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump. Isn't that insane That's to just right. say out loud? Right. Yeah. And then whenever it was Donald Trump, I was almost more shocked because everybody thought Hillary Hillary was going to win, or at least the media perceived it to be that way. So right. I was like, oh, she'll probably win it, you know? And then I woke up and I was like, for real? What? I think part of that is because all of the Democrats were just expecting her to win, so I think a lot of them didn't go out and vote mm. because they just expected so her to So you think win. that so media that, portrayal of her winning did her a disservice? I, I think it really did, yeah. Someone might be trying to break into, <laughs> into the podcast. We don't really know. Heard a weird noise. This might be the last time you ever hear our voices. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I would agree because, I mean, that's what stirred me to go out and vote is it, it seemed like, which I didn't follow through with the process. I, I started from the registration, but yeah, I would agree, Johnny. I think that's, that's what it was for me. One thing I wanted to bring up about Trump is political, his political views aside and what he decides to do with politics, That that's one thing, but... Whenever you say the things that he said and you act the way that he acted, 
it's like that's not who I want to represent our country as right. a president. And, and that like nothing against his political views. Like anybody who agrees with what he feels politically, that's fine. I don't care. But just as a person, I want them to be on good moral standing. Like mm-hmm. I want them to just be a good person and be level headed and have good common sense. And I feel like he doesn't have that. I don't, I completely agree with you. I also agree, but I feel like the other candidate didn't either. I do. I know. So, so in that situation, like, what it, what would be the better outcome instead of a coup d'état? Like, can know can we just do like a rego? <laughs> We're just like, hey, Maybe I know it needs to be an option. Like, hey, I know we got to this point, but can I pick neither? Can I vote <laughs> right. neither? Re redo. Part of that is nobody really cares about voting in the primaries. Well, here's another problem. Whenever you vote in the primaries, like. I don't know what state it was, but in one of them, Bernie literally won the vote, and the Electoral College voted for Hillary. Like, right. And those Democratic votes went to Hillary. Exactly. Instead Which of the... instead of the Electoral College needs to go away. Right. It's like, oh, so all those people voted for Bernie, and yet the Electoral College that represents that group of people said, no, I want to vote for Hillary. Like, mm-hmm. how is that okay? And the Democratic Party pushed her and pushed her and pushed her. And it's like, if they would have went with Bernie, I think they would have actually had a chance. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've heard a lot of Democrats and a lot, a lot of Republicans say that, that Bernie would have won over Trump and all this. I, th- I find that interesting. I don't really know if I, if I believe that. I think some of his views were too... Too socialist? He, I was talking to someone the other day, and he's like the kid who was running for a class president in high school, or maybe middle school. And, <laughs> and he like, goes, pizza every right, day. Yeah, pizza every Friday, <laughs> recess all the time. Like, it was just like, it was so unfeasible that I think he was almost like, You're just, saying whenever, whenever he goes, hey guys, I'm going to give everybody free college and weed. And like, right. that, that's basically. Free college, free weed. Everyone's like, yeah, man, get behind yeah. Bernie. That's awesome. Right, I get what you're saying. Like, that probably wouldn't have happened. Yeah, but... I think everyone was like, yeah, it's not going to happen. I mean, Hillary Clinton, we maybe not agree with her as much as we agree with Bernie, but she's probably, you know, able to get some of the things done that she's talking about. Yeah. I don't know. Well, do you think having somebody like that in office would help transition us into getting those sorts of things? Because they'll push for it a lot more than somebody who doesn't care about it would? What do you mean? Like if Bernie was in Like there? because he wants pizza every day, do you think oh, you're he saying he has all these one step closer to So you're saying he has all these positive healthcare pizza. He has positive <laughs> radical ideas and him even being in there even though we wouldn't get what he said he wanted to do, we would be a step in the in the right direction. Correct. Yes. Yeah, I, f- I feel like that probably would have happened. I mean, that's if he would if he would have been the Democratic nominee, I would have voted for him. I would have as well. So that but, says a lot, you know. And I'm for sure voting in the next election because I actually feel like our state of the country is close enough to where my vote is going to matter this time. I think the next one kind of changes the country drastically. I, I don't know I, why I feel that way, yeah, but I think most I people think do. I think that this one was it was it was a pause, it was a stall. Yeah. I don't like some like some things are happening like we talked about, but You mean like the country's kind of holding its breath like yeah. waiting like are we yeah. about to really screw this up guys? <laughs> like is everything about to go really downhill right now? I think that is kind of how people feel. And with people kind of feeling that way, do you think that the last 8 years have been a a good run. Do you think President Obama did a good job? I have no idea. I really, <laughs> I don't know. That's that's hard to kind of pin a finger on. I mean, whenever he came into office, economically, we were just in shambles. 
you know, mm-hmm. as a nation. And I mean, things got better now. I don't think you can really, I don't know if you can attribute that to him being our president or not, or if it was just kind of a thing where our economy had to go up from there. So I don't really, looking back at his presidency as a whole, I don't think he made any radical changes that greatly improved our nation, but I don't think he really screwed anything up too bad. I don't know, that's how I feel. Obamacare? No, I mean, no, I'm no, not, yeah, he, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. I know how I feel about Obamacare. <laughs> well, I personally think it was a, a step in the right direction towards having universal health care in our main civilized country, just like the rest of the big powers out there. Do. Right, the other six. I, I'm all for having universal health care and having a better health care system. And I think our health care system is in shambles. But Obamacare, there were certain parts of it that I didn't agree with, like the fact that if you couldn't afford to pay health care, you would be fined right. for not being able to afford health care. I mean, there were certain drawbacks to it. Like, I'm all for a good health care system for everybody, especially low-income people. But I don't know if it necessarily, like... Met all the needs that we really need needed met. So let's let's dive into this just a little bit here, especially since it was a, a poll topic, and mm-hmm. it seems like everyone's very interested in it because a hundred percent of the voters on our poll so far have said that healthcare is something that they think is a high priority. So I think it's clear that people are still dissatisfied even after eight years of you know Obama's changes. So Johnny, what would you say was a good change? Let me make this personal, somewhat for you, Dylan. Okay. Um, I'll just go into a little bit of a personal tear here. I had a son almost a year and a half ago, and the day after we had him, he stopped breathing, and come to find out he had something called a double aortic arch. What that is, basically he had two esophaguses. One was wrapped around his trachea, kind of preventing him from breathing. Without being on Obamacare, if that was not a thing, he would not have been covered by my wife's medical insurance because she's currently on her parents because she can until she's 26. And as far as the something that Missouri is going through is uh, Josh Hawley's trying to get rid of coverage through Obamacare for having pre... I can't think Pre-existing of conditions. Pre-existing conditions, thank you. And he, my son, would not have been covered at all. Mm-hmm. For any of that, because it was a pre-consisting right. condition. Oh, I definitely think it's a positive thing to have. Which, we still had hundreds of thousands of medical bills. Right. For that one little thing. So you're saying even with that, even with the help from that, Even with all that help, yeah. we still had astronomical medical bills. Right. Which, luckily, there was, there's like relief programs through the hospital we went through, and now it's down to a almost feasible amount. Um, I always like to make the joke that there would be no Breaking Bad in like Canada because his cancer would just be Paid taken for. care of. Right. <laughs> so Nick, you're in the healthcare system. I mean, right. you're, you're a part of it. You, you work at the hospital. Yeah, I see it every day. So I would argue that although like that, that's a great example of a good change, I think it, it's it's done wrong and it's not written correctly and and it's not sustainable. Um, we have people come in all the time to my place of work, and they're on Medicare, Medicaid, so it's essentially free for them. They have no copay to pay, and they come in, and they and then they abuse that, and they come into the ER or the urgent care 
for a cough that just started that day, and then we'll see him again next week for the same thing. Mm-hmm. And there's all these minor issues that is um, they don't have to pay up front as they enter, and we can't refuse to treat them. And then they leave our we, you know, provide medical care, and then they leave our doors, and then the the Obamacare and the Medicaid Medicare isn't reimbursing either. So who eats it is, you know, these healthcare systems because we can't, we can't not see them, but there, there are also these, these agencies and organizations that are supposed to be paying for that stuff isn't paying for it because they, you know, don't approve of it. And then we're left to fit the bill. Mm -hmm. So I think that while I don't, I don't think you're going to find too many people who think that everyone having access to healthcare um, is an issue. Like, I mean, it'd be a really cruel person to be like, for whatever reason, the, these group of people are the only ones who should be treated, you know. But it, I think it, the the debate is more on how do we accomplish that. And uh, I talked to Callie uh, a lot about this. I think that the insurance companies are the real culprit of why things cost so mm-hmm. much. There's this unnecessary middleman. Um, you pay your premiums monthly and then you still pay a copay whenever you go in. And then even then they only cover a percentage or maybe not at all of what you get done or, you know, prescriptions you get. And it's like they, they hike up the prices and they, they still aren't fitting. They're not the ones paying the bill either. So, I don't so know. why is healthcare so expensive? Like what would you say is the main contributor to why healthcare is so expensive? I think uh, big, uh, big pharmaceutical companies is one of them. I don't think there's enough... I don't, I don't know if regulation is the right word because I'm really not uh, big into government regulation, I don't think, but uh, like a while back, I believe the people who make EpiPens, which is a life-saving medication uh, for people who have severe allergic reactions to things, the cost of making it and then the cost of what it costs the person to buy is like 600% profit mm-hmm. is what these pharmaceutical companies are making off of this life-saving medication. So it's greed. It, it's, it's greed. And I, like, no one needs to make 600% a profit on their thing to, to survive. Like, that's just ridiculous mm-hmm. <laughs> at a certain point. So you're saying that maybe legislation against, you know, you, you're saying some type of law or in the yeah. future could maybe prevent companies from... Just absolutely taking advantage. That, that's of one part of it, and then the other part is these insurance companies. You pay these high premiums, and in, in these healthcare institutions, you know, only accept certain insurances, and this gets so complicated. And I think if we went to a system, and I'm not sure, is it called a single pay or direct pay or something like that, where like you walk into an urgent care, and you don't necessarily need insurance, you just pay directly that urgent care for the services received, and that would should cut prices because there's no middle man because right. right now you pay your insurance company and then they pay the healthcare right. providers and it's like there's just a lot of unnecessary hiking up and it can't be regulated because so much of it's behind the scenes like you don't you don't know what the deals are between your healthcare providers and the insurance companies so I don't know you guys have any thoughts on do you think that certain big healthcare providers like certain hospital branches or something might have like a deal with a certain insurance company to where they only accept that insurance company or several others, but they try to focus on that one and then get paid by that insurance company. Uh, Do you think that might be happening? They might. I wish I knew more about it. I feel like more of the corruption is happening on the pharmaceutical side. The pharmaceutical and the insurance side. 
I think there's, it's an overcomplicated system. I think if we went to, you go in and you get this, this, this done, they have a, a dollar fee, you know, per what you got, and that's determined by the healthcare provider and cut out, I don't, I don't think there's a need for health insurance. Right. Okay. I don't know. I think you can make it cheaper and more affordable for everyone if they, if you're not paying your health premiums and then you walk in then and, and the healthcare companies are able to keep the cost of the things lower, it, that would increase right there. That would increase access to healthcare. Because people aren't paying high premiums, and they're not paying for these high services either. So as we come to a conclusion here, I kind of wanted to hit on political talk as a whole. People at parties say that you shouldn't talk about religion or politics, for the most part. Mm -hmm. I kind of disagree with that. I think that one of the things we really wanted to accomplish with this podcast was to have good open discourse with people that we're friends with and that we talk to. And... We want to have these long, meaningful conversations. Don't be afraid to bring up politics or religion with your group of friends and just have a discussion about it. We just want to promote that. Mm -hmm. I think politics as a whole would be better if people talked about it more instead mm -hmm. of keeping it hush-hush. Exactly. And even with your family. I know they say not to talk about it with your family either, but I've gotten into sometimes very heated discussions with some of my family but, I mean, at the end of the day, That's you're, good, you're still family. Yeah, you're still, as long as nobody gets their feelings hurt and everybody's open and you just discuss it. You just need to good, make sure you don't take it too far and start attacking the person rather than the subject of exactly. what you're discussing. Exactly. And then I think you're good. You're Dylan, you said it a lot, but here on Open Discourse, I mean, the theme is just um, being willing to talk about anything and not taking personal offense just to to roll with ideas and, and the, from the discussion even if you leave in a giant disagreement you probably grew in some way or another because you understand your own beliefs more and other people's beliefs everybody just get along that's all <laughs> we're trying to say behave people behave <laughs> open discourse cordially alright well thanks Johnny for coming out and thanks for having being me. our guest thanks man we Had really a lot appreciate of fun. it it was awesome uh, just just a reminder guys email us at open.discourse od at gmail.com did I say that right? mhm mm um, uh, follow us on Instagram, uh, Twitter, and like the Facebook page, and we'll keep you guys current with all things happening here at Open Discourse. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next time.